Hello, everybody. Welcome on the Lights on Data show. Today, we're going to find out tips on how to learn faster and read more. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Our guest today is Chris. His LinkedIn profile sums it up beautifully. I really loved every word and how you put it there, Chris. And it intrigued me a lot. So Chris says about himself. He's a brain nerd and a book lover. He's helping people read more and learn faster. He posts about healthy brain habits, books, education, and learning how to learn. And honestly, who wouldn't want that? If you're listening to this, I'm sure you are as excited as I am to find out more about Chris's tips and tricks. Thanks for having me. It's really honor for me. We're very happy to have you. And as I was mentioning before the podcast, George was saying yesterday, I'm really looking forward to tomorrow to, to have this, this interesting topic and this interesting conversation. But before we go into the actual topic for today, Chris, I wanted to ask you what would be your biggest hobby, or maybe you can share a fun fact about yourself. My biggest hobby has always been basketball. <gasps> and I've played basketball since I was seven, eight. I, I don't know. I, I never tended like to a professional career, but I've played throughout the high school, college, and many different cities and different countries. Wow. And a fun fact, I'm relatively tall. I'm six, five. And that's how I use that uh, for basketball. Very cool. I love basketball as well to play, to watch as well in the Michael Jordan era. And then mm -hmm. when I came to Canada, I stopped doing that and I picked it up again last year. And I'd met oh, a nice. group of IT people somehow on the basketball court and we've been playing, especially during the summer months. So it's uh, fun. Yeah. Do, do you have... When he comes back home, he's like coming from a war. He's full of bruises. <laughs> his knees hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny part. Because when it happens during the play, during the game, you don't feel that at all because of adrenaline and so on. <laughs> you were hit here and there and then you notice all the bruises. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great part of it. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys say so, I, I believe you. All right. Uh, so Chris, tell us a little bit about your journey and what triggered you to dive into these topics. In 2019, I worked as a software developer. Up until then, I always basically followed some steps that weren't really planned by me. It was like, okay, let's try that. Let's try that. Most people say, maybe you should try that. Uh, so I, I didn't really take the full responsibility of my education up until that point. And I'm, uh, maybe it's worth mentioning I'm 35 right now. So I was 32 back then. And yeah, that's, that was the time when I just decided, okay, it's time to take care of my education and my career path. And I started learning machine learning. So. That's actually how I ended up data science community only. I'm not the very famous person on the data science community. Not yet, but know, maybe. <laughs> but I know many people who from there, I was in different communities. But I always was a generalist with many interests. And so my interest during the last three years also changed a lot. Like last year, I discovered blockchain and Web3 and I really started learning that. And so my main problem was that I couldn't really stick to one thing long enough to become an expert in that. But so a few months back, I just looked back at, the, at this three year 
long journey and I noticed that everything changed, but there were two things that were constant. I was always learning and I was always reading. These are my real passions and I should probably double down on them. So you learned about learning and you picked up some great tips along the way as well on how to learn better. Yeah, I'd say great. Yeah. So I also focus on that because I really believe that school doesn't teach us how to learn or doesn't do a great job doing that. So it was mostly like, um, understanding the mistakes that I was making, Mm -hmm. but also, yeah, some tips like some helpful methods. So what mistakes were you making? Yeah. What are some mistakes that maybe a lot of us are making that we can avoid? Yeah. Some of them are very obvious, like, especially when you're in tech, you have to do uh, the job yourself. Like you have to do projects, you have to implement, apply. You have to do everything to, to take action, not just to learn passively. You, know, you can, there's like this thing, like tutorial hell, when you just keep adding new YouTube videos, Udemy courses that one after another, but until you really, unless you really do projects by your own, you can't find out the gaps in your understanding and yeah, you don't really know how much. So, so sometimes there's a disjoint between the theory and lessons and YouTubes and stuff versus the practical aspect. Yeah, I think it's one of the, I'd say there's this term called illusions of competence. And one of them is just seeing others doing it because when you see how somebody else comes from A to B, like from, I'm just starting to the full solution. You can follow every single step and understand the steps perfectly, but it doesn't mean that you can recreate the journey by yourself, like all the solution, because you, you have to really deep dive deep into it to see, like I said, the gaps, the missing pieces. And like I said, so seeing these solutions, like watching the solutions, it's one of the illusions of competence and that's definitely not what, how you really learn. And I believe that like watching tutorials doesn't really push you outside of the comfort zone. It's very comfortable because you're not worried that you're stuck at some point, you know, that you can, even if you try it by yourself, like you, you want to go forward a step or two. And if you fail, you can just play the video again and you'll see it. But if you didn't have this video, you'd have to do the research by yourself. You'd have to find it and you have to find the answers to your problems, which is really a different kind of challenge. I like the expression that you use, Chris, the illusion of competence. I can totally comprehend that. I know there's a similar aspect of the illusion of knowledge that in fact, there's so many things that we don't know and we rely on the group knowledge, world knowledge as a whole. For example, using a match, we know how to use a match, but if you were given the chance to create a match yourself, would you be able to? Probably not. You you wouldn't even know where to start. Maybe with a, like a piece of wood and that's where you stopped and what to do with the phosphorus and all that stuff. You maybe you're blanking out in, or even a bike, something as simple as a bike to, to explain to somebody, how does 
a bike really function. It sounds obvious, yeah. but then when you really think about all the details, yeah, let me think about it some more. Yeah. But if you think about it, that's even with a wheel, right? Because why was wheel invented? Because it wasn't so obvious, which is like the most obvious thing today. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the first one would be to apply practically what you've learned in order to truly assimilate and integrate that information. Yeah. What? So maybe I, I just to give some framework on that or maybe to organize it better. And um, I think the, the great tips I learned from the book Limitless by Jim Quick, and he really splits like your learning abilities to three, the mindset. So it, right. if you believe in the motivation, why are you actually learning? And the methods are basically like. So George, you say he's not successful in learning Italian because of the mindset, <laughs> because he believes he doesn't, he can't. Yeah, I think that's really, it has a lot to do with mindset, but uh, like we, we talked, it may be also the talent that you're not, <laughs> that it doesn't come naturally. Um, or maybe you get people, great people to compare yourself with, like you said. And his mom, yeah. his mom as well. She's very talented. Yeah. Diana and you, Chris, you guys are polyglots. So how many languages do you speak, Chris? I speak two foreign languages, three altogether, but two, two foreign. Yeah. All right. So we were saying about mindset, motivation, and methods. Do we want to go a little bit more in depth into each of them to see what they mean? I think all of that is important because mindset is crucial and mm -hmm. motivation is also crucial and methods are the least important to be honest. Interesting. In, but this is my opinion. It's not science-based, but just think about it. When you curious about something when you learn something new or you just i don't know you want to learn something like you you really have to learn italian i don't know you've got family members who live in italy and you want to talk to them and that's the motivation right that's the great motivation and if you say i just want to learn french because i don't know you you just you, you don't have the real motivation to to learn that you, you know that the results will be completely different. I believe that the best way to apply new skills to learn is when you work on something like you've got a personal project. I don't know, you've got a house and you want to build something in your garden. Then you're motivated to do it yourself. I mean, you, if you are motivated to do it yourself. And then you will learn how to build it, right? Like when you learn something that you can immediately apply or you can immediately immediately execute then you learn much much faster and especially if you've got like really personal reasons to because you're curious about it and you just want to learn as much as possible about it and yeah and what about the mindset how would that be different than from the motivation there is this quote if you fight for your limitations you get to keep them and I, it's, I don't know who said that, but um, he was very smart. Like, who said it? <laughs> <laughs> let's find out. Let's Google. I don't know. 
but it's more to people who really quit learning at some age. I, for example, I know so many people who are in 40s, 50s, 60s who say, Man, in my age, brain doesn't work anymore. And you can't learn. It, it's been so many years since I finished school. And they will never learn because they don't believe they can. And I know they can, but I, as long as they don't believe that, I, there's nothing I can do about it, for example, to help them. I can help them, like to convince them that their mindset is wrong. But as long as they keep that mindset, it's helpless. Right. So you need to want it and believe it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if you really believe otherwise, you have to forget your beliefs. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, Kate. Apparently it was Jim Quick that said, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Yeah, I really read and watched a lot of content from Jim. So it's very likely. It's <laughs> there you go. I know you, you also mentioned before the show, this book that you're looking for called Ultra, Ultra Learning. Learning. Yeah. Seemed... By whom? By whom? His name is Scott H. Young. He's famous because in one year he did the full four-year computer science MIT graduation, I think. It was, yeah. So he bought all the books required and he learned by himself. So he did some crazy projects. And the other one was four languages in one year. So he traveled with his friend to four different country, countries and three months each. And he learned all those four languages. That's impressive. Yeah, that's really impressive. What are some tips that you follow that you recommend for others? You share a lot of great content on LinkedIn on how to read more, how to learn faster. Yeah. So about learning faster, because of today's lifestyle, we really struggle with focus. Like yes. to, we, we can't sit quietly for, for a longer period of time. And the fact is like, there's on the same scale, there's the opposite of focus is distraction. And what we do with, and, and these are both, you can think of them as a muscles. So every time you do, you work on your focus, you strengthen your focus. Every time you react to distractions, you strengthen this distraction muscle. And since they're opposite, our lifestyle today really increase the power of distraction because of the social media, because of the platforms that, you know, that are designed only to fight for your attention because in today's world, attention is money. Yeah. And the, the only goal for those platforms is to, to keep you there for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. so with, like TikTok uh, in particular. Yeah, that's a very good example. That's a very powerful and very addictive. And the more distractions we use, we watch, the harder it becomes to focus. And today you can hear very often, I'm easily distracted, but we're not easily distract distracted. We weren't born this way, uh, unless some people with diagnosed ADHD yeah. and it's our lifestyle that promotes our destructive traits mm -hmm. right now. So the ability to focus is definitely something that boosts your learning. So if you can st sit quietly for 30 minutes without thinking about anything else than your task at hand, then you've got a huge uh, advantage over others. 
Mm-hmm. Do you recommend serving that half an hour for something earlier in the day? I think it was Kate that recommended this book to me, the 5 a.m. And then the idea is that you wake up at 5 a.m. and then you do a lot of the important things and well, you meditate and all that stuff, but also a lot of the important things. Well, meditation is part of the important things. But in, in the early morning, when your brain is awake and hungry for all this information. So I'm definitely in this club. <laughs> uh, right now i wake up at 4 a.m every day wow and that's like for me that's the most productive time like the first three hours of the day and it's again to the subject of focus because like i said the focus and distraction are on the opposite side of the scale but if you if you measure like this is distraction and this is focus like you you want to be here then you can do whatever you want. You can focus on that. Your comprehension is higher. Your creativity is higher. So you want to get there. And when you're here and when you're completely low, you're very distracted. So let's say this is the level you want to achieve. When you wake up, you're here. So you don't really have to transition to into this deep mm, mm-hmm. focus. Mm-hmm. If you begin the day with distractions, with your phone, with YouTube or whatever, you become right. uh, you become distracted and you become reactive because you're responding to what to the world, not to you. You're responding to others, and I really appreciate the morning hours because nothing happens. Everybody's sleeping. Nobody's talking to me. Nobody's listening to the music, <laughs> and I just it's very easy to to just go there because I'm almost there when I wake up. I know everybody's different and uh, it's also worth mentioning. There are people who are, who can focus better in the evening and are like a mess in the morning, but I believe that more people would be more productive in the morning, but you have to find out. I think I'm more creative in the evening, but. Yeah. I noticed the very high importance of how your physical body is or my physical body. For example, when I'm fasting <clears throat> or when I eat healthily, when I sleep enough, when I drink enough exercise. water and when I exercise. So if I do these five things, I am I can expand my focus time and I can be more present with any activity that I have. And I'm talking about working and learning and reading, whatever it is. If I were to start somewhere as tips for the people listening would be make sure that, you know, what you eat and when you eat, how you sleep, what you drink and how much you exercise, look at these things and see what they do for you. And to me, food is a very big thing, meaning that if I eat too much or things that give me that foggy brain, then I lose focus. I can't bring myself to, to learn and to work. It, it's really hard. Yeah. Yeah. So all the things that you mentioned really influence your brain. Susan yeah. is asking. Prosecco can be yeah good hydration for becoming more <laughs> creative. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it may be true because creativity also, because there are two types of focus, right? Like there is like analytical focus and creative focus. And when uh, you, George said, uh, you're more creative in the evening, that probably means that in the morning you're more 
analytic. If right. you have to dig into something like there's, you have to be like really stubborn to solve some problem. It's better for you to do it in the morning. Right. Because that's the time when you have to do the job and stay focused, uh, like laser focused. That's true. However, Susan is mentioning that she's not a morning person. So to me, the tip or the suggestion there is to know yourself so well, to know what are your most productive hours so that you can schedule the learning or the more important work during that time. Because yeah. simply, yes, I understand. I'm also, I, like, I love mornings. In the mornings, I do a lot of things, but not everyone is the same. So knowing what works for you is actually better. And I think if you don't know, just test it out. Eat this, see how you focus afterwards. Yeah. Drink this much, see how, sleep this much, sleep during yeah. these hours. So just, and now even if I sleep, for example, more than eight hours, then I have a foggy brain. It's like if I sleep less than... I don't know, seven hours, then again, I have a foggy brain. So that's my, my, my little threshold there that I have to follow in order to. I'm going to sing you off like in the Oscars and take the microphone away yeah, for you. Okay. I was going to ask Chris, how, what are some tips to read more, not read faster, but yeah, read more because I, I, sometimes I feel that seems unattainable that, oh, can I actually read a book a week like Christina? And what are your recommendations on that? How can somebody okay. read more? If you're already reading like 30 books a year, I don't think I can help you because for <laughs> me, uh, like uh, reading more in what I'm trying to help with reading more is like going from not reading at all to reading a little or from reading, uh, reading a little to reading a little bit because um, I really admire people who read a book a week or even more. But I think it's exceptional and most people are average. <laughs> and I think it puts a lot of pressure when you read, I don't know, five books a year and you see someone reading 50 books a year, you basically think I will never read 50 books a year because I don't read so fast and I don't have so much time for reading. Of course you have to make time for reading, but. It's, you can think it's not even worth trying because that's not something I can achieve. And for me, the most important thing when it comes to reading is to read every day, even if it's five minutes. Reading five minutes a day is already exceptional because you're already above average. But because most people who share about reading all the time, they read, they like really far away from you. They read at least half an hour a day, an hour a day. Yeah. At least. Yeah. That's also great. I yeah. completely support that. Do you have any tips on how to read faster? I know some tips on how to read faster and I've even tried that, but I didn't succeed to be honest. I've tried that for a month every day, but from the tips. It's is to use a visual pointer, like your finger or I don't know, a pen, mm -hmm. uh, because our eyes need something to follow. Well, and when we don't do that, I think it's called like reading regression. When you keep going back, uh, like you reread the sentences or even paragraphs because you weren't sure what you just read. And I know that the finger helps with that. And the other one is called sub-vocalization uh, sub because we were uh, taught at school to, even when we were reading quietly, we were reading in our minds 
out loud. Yeah. And oh, wow. people who are speak readers, they read much faster. They, so they pass the threshold of our ability to speak words because we can speak up to 400 words a minute, something like that. And the fastest readers are at 800 or 1000, wow. which is really crazy. And, and it's an interesting fact that when you pass that threshold, then you stop seeing words, you see images of what you're reading. Wow. That's I, I wish to learn that only to experience that. I wanted to appreciate very much the fact that you said that those things didn't work for you, but you still shared them. And I think this is a great message for everyone that we each have our abilities and we each have our maybe limitations and that's totally fine. And it doesn't mean that if you have those that you can't learn or you can't read. For example, I'm a very slow reader and a very slow learner. And I think the difference is that I accept that and I, I spend and I am willing to spend more time or invest more time in learning something. So George reads something once, he understands it, he integrates it, super. And then I need maybe three times more to actually make the connections in my brain. But I accept that and then I am willing to, to invest three times more in order to do that. So okay. That's, it may have like different reasons it, because when we learn something, when we were kids, we like really learn from beginning, right? But the older we get, there is very little novelty. Like everything you learn, even if we, if you, it's not connected, we learn through associations. So it may also be that when George reads something, it's already similar to what he already knows, or he can quickly find analogies to what he already knows. Maybe that's something you could work on. If you read something once, try to think of, of an analogy or a metaphor that could help you understand the topic. Nice. Because they're very powerful in learning. I do recommend people to follow Chris on LinkedIn. He shares tips, I think on a daily basis, really. I see, I, I personally mm -hmm. see quite a bit of content coming from you on, on all these little tidbits that are very easy to digest and learn from on how to learn better. So thank you so much for sharing your experience with us and knowledge and your learnings with us. And thank you very much, everyone, for being here. Kate, Susan, Monica, thank you very much for your inputs. Thank you for being here and have a wonderful weekend. And we'll see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Have a lovely weekend and reserve that time in the day for reading and learning. Bye. Bye. Thank you.